Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning to our Real Presence Radio Network, which is vast, uh, stable, and we're great to be back with you. My name is Monsignor Patrick Schumacher. This is Real Presence Live. I'm coming to you live from my office of the Church of Corpus Christi, Bismarck. I also have Father Joshua Eli with me. Good morning. Good to be with you again. Good morning. And on this first full day of winter, in the fourth week of Advent, Bishop Kagan. Good morning. Good morning, Monsignor and Father. It's a great day to have a great day. You know, Steve Glauser always said that at Trinity High School. And mm. I, especially with today's weather, it's, uh, you know, we're in the fourth week of Advent. And uh, we're, we're right on the edge of Christmas, more or less. And we're going to um, talk about canon law. I mean, it, that makes sense. Right. It's all there. It's all, it's all in there. There must be an internal logic to that that has escaped me, but that's all right. <laughs> Bishop King, and I, I, uh, I saw, I, I don't know what, what I was watching, Animal Planet or whatever, but it was a story about a Florida company that trains border collies to keep geese off people's property, and I thought of you. Well, thank you. I, I have border collies, and they didn't even have training and kept geese off of property. That's, I think, uh, something that's just part of being a border collie. You, uh, you uh, get rid of Canada geese. How's Benny doing? He's fine. He's lying here right on the floor in my office, keeping guard over Father Dosh, who's actually doing something vocation directors do, and that is meeting with seminarians right now. Uh, God still calls. God yes, still he calls. Does. Uh, I, uh, I gave this radio show more attention, TV show, because uh, you have a border collie. And I, I didn't know this, but, but the border collie originated uh, uh, on, on, on the border of Scotland and England. Yeah. Uh, and uh, collie is a, is a word to describe a, a, a sheepdog, and hence the term border collie. Hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, who knew? Fantastic. I did. You just never asked me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bishop Kagan, you're in uh, the, the, uh, your residence or your office? No, I'm, I'm in my office in the Chancery building. The, the beautiful C.B. Little House. The C.B. Little House. Yes. That's a, yes, it's a charming little house mm-hmm. in the Diocese of Bismarck. And I have your rector of the cathedral here. And... Yeah. Uh, like I said, at least it's a, I know where he is at this hour. That's it's right a great day to have a great day. We had to bring him coffee. He got a little, yeah. uh, not a little demanding, but asked yeah. uh, more than once. Yeah. I've, I've been up for 15, 20 minutes, and so usually yeah. my second cup well, of coffee. Within. It's difficult, you know. <laughs> so, so with the priest living across the street, Bishop, 
do who who keeps an eye on whom a little more? Do do the I don't know if I'd want to live right across the street. Would I? Oh well, you know I'm not in my residence uh, during the day. I'm in the chancery, but from my office I can keep tabs of virtually everybody on this block, which is that's very nice for me. Um, but uh, I, the priests at the uh, cathedral, they're always doing uh, pastoral work, so I, I don't have to keep tabs on them. It's, it's a nothing, good group there. To worry about. It's nothing. a good group there. I, I'm, I'm the confirmation sponsor for Father Gardner. Uh, yeah. Father Dosh lived with me for three years, yeah. and I've always held Father Eli to be a close friend. That's right. We spent some time together. Rome, on your trips over. A hat trick. A year <laughs> together in Dick's, the, the hat trick. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, of course, we got good priests all over here in the Diocese yeah. of Bismarck because God still calls. Maimon Sr. Walsh, rest That's in peace. That's right. Bishop Kagan, uh, the name given to the official body of laws for the Catholic Church is canon law. So we, Correct. Uh, we have to talk a little bit about business, like I said, so we can deduct this show mm-hmm. uh, with our taxes. Okay. Um, right. you, you are, I, I've had many great bishops uh, since I've been ordained 27 years ago. I think you're the first bona fide canon lawyer. Bishop Kinney was. Yes, a, Bishop a, Kinney was. As well. And, uh, but it seemed like when you had the synod, we saw more canon law. And um, so thank you for being with us today. This is Real Presence Live on your Real Presence Radio Network. Monsignor Schumacher here with Father Eli. We have Bishop David Kagan on the phone. We're going to talk a little bit about canon law. So explain to us how canon law serves the church, Bishop, and then we're going to talk about the decrees that came. Yeah. Father uh, Eli may correct me at any point and interrupt, but canon law is something akin to... um, the kind of the framework or the skeleton, if you will, uh, around which the church's doctrine uh, and uh, the church's moral teachings, the church's social teachings, uh, wrap themselves. Uh, canon law is meant to uh, simply, in the least in- intrusive way, um, organize. Uh, daily Catholic life and how we as Catholics who profess the one true faith uh, actually put that into practice, whether it's in our sacred liturgies and and other uh, approved devotions, uh, whether it's in uh, fulfilling the the teaching office of the Church uh, in Catholic education, you name it. Uh, Canon law is meant to give that a, an, an ordering uh, and a logic that, if it applies to you as a Catholic, uh, it gives you the assurance that you're doing uh, in your daily life as a Catholic, whether it's your, your spiritual life or a, any other element of Catholic life, uh, you're doing what the Church does, and you're doing what the Church asks uh, all of its its members to do uh, in in communion with uh, 
uh, certainly the Supreme Pontiff, our Holy Father, in communion with the College of Bishops, in communion with your parish priests, and especially in communion with your fellow uh, Catholics. Uh, and so uh, canon law uh, is, I suppose, in the hierarchy, if you would be listing, you know, uh, what the Catholic Church contains, it wouldn't be number one, two, or three. Uh, Catholic doctrine, of course, dogma, the defined and uh, revealed truths of our faith are number one. The moral law uh, is number two. Uh, the social uh, teachings of the Church would be like 2A, because the social teachings spring directly from the moral law, uh, and then you have, uh, I would say, probably then uh, liturgical law, which would be exceedingly important, uh, and then canon law, that framework for uh, uh, living Catholic life with the reasonable assurance that I'm doing what the Church asks all Catholics to do. Uh, and so uh, one thing about canon law, because it's, it's ecclesiastical discipline, it always admits of exceptions, uh, whereas certainly there are no exceptions to divine law, such as uh, the Ten Commandments. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a reasonable and useful ordering of our Catholic daily life. And we recently had How's a... that a, sound? Does that make that, sense? That, uh, that, that is, that is uh, Canon Law 101. And we have... Uh, we're dealing with something right now, are we not, Bishop? Um, with uh, COVID and the amount of masses that a priest is allowed to say. Right. Where the church legislated this discipline and for our good. And um, some may be aware that we can now celebrate four... Uh, each priest can say four masses on a right. Sunday, which is a, an exception. It's a relaxation that I only experienced in the mission world, where they were just right. in dire need, so to not burn out the priests. Huh? But this Christmas, in order to respond, there's a, there's a direct application of canon law saying we're going to relax this for the good of the people. Priests are going to have to work a little harder right. uh, for places where there's restrictions and everything. So, um, yeah, well said. I think that's, uh, that's superb, especially the, the, the point of uh, occasional relaxations. For the good of souls, which we're going to experience here on right. December 25th, Monsignor and I will be having a lot of masses uh, this Christmas. We will be ready. Well, you know, and that's a, that's an excellent example, uh, and um, it's not that it, the Holy Father doesn't intend this to be permanent, but he made this exception uh, for the United States uh, for this year simply because, uh, in many parts, unlike perhaps our own diocese in Fargo, other parts of the country are seriously limited in the number of people that are even permitted uh, to go to Mass at any given Mass. I know in my home diocese, my uh, brother told me they still have to uh, reserve a seat for a particular Mass on, a, on either Saturday or Sunday, or now for Christmas, or the vigil of Christmas, uh, because they're very limited in the number of people uh, they're allowed to have 
in church at any Mass. Thanks be to God we don't do that here. Our people are, are quite good about you know, distancing and, and spacing themselves out and so forth. But you can see the logic of why the Holy Father would do this, because mm-hmm. uh, especially at Christmas time, and, and God, hopefully, uh, God forbid, will still be in the same set of circumstances at Easter, but if that should be, he may do it again. But, uh, you know, we, we have uh, large numbers of people coming for masses uh, on Christmas and you you simply don't you don't want to put them in danger but you don't want to turn anyone away either even though the obligation uh, has been dispensed with uh, and continues as such uh, for the present time uh, so it makes all the sense in the world that the Holy Father would respond in this way and allow uh, priests uh, to offer uh, up to four masses uh, on uh, that on the holy day. Okay. Uh, we're coming up on 14 minutes past the hour. My guests are Bishop David Kagan, Bishop of the Diocese of Bismarck, Father Joshua Eli, Rector of the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit in Bismarck. Bishop, uh, let's explain um, uh, what a decree is. Can you explain that? And then you've recently issued a, a decree. Can you tell us about that? Which one? Which decree did I recently uh, Particularly issue? the servants of the children of light? All right. Uh, well, a decree uh, is uh, the ordinary method uh, a bishop or the competent ecclesiastical authority uses to... Uh, to explain and apply uh, an existing law or a new law that will take effect on a certain date. A decree itself, in and of itself, is not a law, but it's, it's, the, uh, it's the most commonly used method in the Church uh, for applying a law by explaining it uh, as a law may apply to everyone, or it may apply to a single individual, or it may apply to uh, a certain group. Uh, and um, those, uh, the decree that I issued most recently is almost identical to the one I issued earlier, uh, erecting a public association for women, uh, the St. Mary Sisters, uh, and now the Servants of the Children of Light uh, for Catholic Montessori education. Those decrees uh, bring into existence this public association, which is already governed uh, by specific laws contained in the Code of Canon Law, the general law of the Church. So it's not, I'm not, uh, while I'm, erecting a new public association, there aren't any new laws coming with it. Uh, The law already exists, and uh, that existing law that governs public associations governs these public associations. But decrees are quite useful uh, in explaining and applying uh, 
church law uh, in general or uh, very specific church laws that may apply not to everyone but to a specific group uh, of Catholics. And it's an extraordinary thing, Bishop. We're, we're so grateful uh, for following. It does take some courage, doesn't it, you know, to, to um, establish a new uh, public association to follow that mm-hmm. in, that movement of the Holy Spirit and these wonderful women who are part of it. It's very promising for us in this area. So we're grateful that, that we have that. Uh, we have the sisters on the one side of us, down at the cathedral, yeah. the St. Mary sisters, and the bishop on the other side. Um, what we, more? What more what? could anyone want? Right, right. It's a neighborhood watch program. <laughs> That's right. Stellar, yeah. Bishop Kagan. This might be your your last um, interview on Real Presence Radio before the solemnity begins of the Christmas season. What would you like to say to the viewers who have supported and made this radio station possible? Well, it, it, I I think everyone appreciates. A real presence radio, and what I I would just uh, I would like to thank everyone for their their listening support, their financial support. But don't become uh, too complacent. Uh, ask others, continue to to listen themselves. Uh, ask others if they haven't been listening. Listen, uh, it's most informative about Catholic life and Catholic issues uh, that extend well beyond the Catholic Church uh, to society in general and uh, culture in general. But especially at this Christmas time, uh, thank God for uh, this gift of Catholic radio. Uh, there are so many parts of our own country. Uh, and in talking with other bishops, some even my own classmates who are bishops, uh, they don't have ready access to this kind of good Catholic substantive uh, media of any kind. Uh, they certainly have their own diocesan newspapers, but you know, in today's world, you know, people don't do a lot of reading. They they listen. Uh, to radio, they, they're on the internet and that sort of thing. But Real Presence Radio has been a tremendous uh, blessing, uh, not just to our diocese, but to our entire region. And you can see, uh, by the way it's grown over the, the last uh, several years, uh, it's becoming uh, one of those uh, Catholic staples of life, if you will, for many Catholics and, and non-Catholics as well. I see it in my parish, and I know, Father, you see it in yours as well at the cathedral, the effect of Catholic radio. Yes, absolutely. People plugged in. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, above all, people who are driving. Uh, so many oh, people yeah. tell me that they're, they're driving. To all you who are on the road, be careful. Uh, good day today to drive. Be careful tomorrow with our weather moving in. Uh, Bishop Kagan, it's always a pleasure to to visit with you and uh, give Benny, uh, your border collie, our best. Oh, yeah. He's and uh, resting comfortably, as they say, on the floor of my office here. Th- this, this TV spot, I can't remember where it was, but they talked about Queen Victoria actually put the border collie on the map. Um, well, in, in that area, and at least um, the British have done one good thing. And uh, a Bon Jovi, also a border collie owner, and uh, Tiger Woods. So, uh, oh boy, 
I'm in great company, I guess. <laughs> we're we're going to add Bishop Kagan to that. And yeah. uh, Father Eli was showing me some videos of Rufus hunting. Yeah, we y- stepped yesterday. out yesterday, beautiful day, and uh, we're running out of time with, with um, pheasant season. Uh, my yeah, 11, well, 11 month old lab, you know him very well. Bishop taught him how to yeah. go downstairs. I how taught to go him down, how to walk up and down, down the stairs. The stairs. Okay. And now he's leaping through the prairie, uh, flushing birds and retrieving them, thanks to you. Because yeah. if you can't do stairs, yeah. you, aren't gonna, you, you can't do, do birds. Romeo, uh, Romeo would be here, uh, but we have a funeral going on in the church, Father Ani's offering, so I thought I'd keep him at the rectory. Romeo's a little exhausted. We had a, a three-hour outing uh, caroling yesterday, uh, Bishop. My, oh. my, my staff and I, 12 of us, uh, went to uh, nursing homes and a few residences, and uh, we were nice. caroling. That's my house, I guess. I, we, uh, I... <laughs> you know, we talked about swinging by, uh, and Father Ani was part of it as well. But, you know, in and off a bus, 13 hours, uh, 13 stops, three hours uh, of caroling. Yeah. Um, Tires, tired it, little guy it, out? It, it can tire a, a big guy out. So, oh, I can imagine, yeah. Bishop Kagan, listen... Uh, Thank you for being on the show. Merry Christmas well, to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your support of us. And a little bit of canon law talk today and a little bit about decrees and your recent decree of yeah. the Servants of the Children of Light. This decree can be found on the Diocese of Bismarck website if you'd like to see that and other decrees. Bishop Kagan, I wish you a very good day. Thank you both. God bless you. God bless. God bless you. Well, Father Eli, there you have it. Are you going to hang around for the next uh, interview with Steve Ray? Can I keep you possibly? Sure. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll stick around for a little bit. Well, a little while longer. Unless you've got to go, can I call into the office and see if I can get you? Yeah, uh, see if you can uh, free up. Clear my, have uh, Diana clear my schedule. Real Presence Live. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Monsignor Schumacher with Father Joshua Eli. Don't go away. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.